Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everyone. I hope that you guys are doing amazing, like always. So, today we're going to be talking about when your past haunts you. When your past is the only thing you think about. When your past is the only discussion that you end up having with people. When people bring up your past. When you're dealing with someone that may have had a past. This big word past. Four letters. So many meanings. Let's talk about it today let's let's unpack this as well because it's an important topic and it really really helps and you know hopefully this changes the way that you view yourself and your past because it's a part of you but it isn't you as a whole and we're going to talk about it i do want to preface one thing in here before i begin this episode's going to teach you how to accept your past as it is and for it is right and how to navigate that and make sure that it helps you in your life instead of hurts you and how to deal with people who have a past and stuff like that but in no way shape or form am i saying that oh you know having a haram past it's it's you know okay go do more haram things no i'm not saying that and i'm not saying that you should go ahead and promote those things i'm not saying that you should sit here and expose your sins and tell everyone that you had a haram past i'm not sitting here and saying that you should get so comfortable with having a haram past and realizing that oh yeah i did that i'm gonna do it again no i'm not sitting here supporting or you know just encouraging the idea even more and accepting that oh I'm, I'm, i'm doing haram things it's fine no not at all that's not what i'm doing here i'm talking to the people who know what they're doing is wrong who have done something wrong and who want to fix it. Not to the people who choose to be ignorant and make a thousand excuses as to why they're doing what's haram. So yeah, don't take this episode and be like, oh my God, you know, I accept that I'm doing haram and I'm going to continue doing it. No, because this episode is also, go- also going to talk about, you know, the cycles of doing haram and, you know, letting go of those things and whatnot, which is something I always talk about. So please don't take my uh, message out of context and hopefully it doesn't. And then inshallah, of course, I pray that God conveys everything that I say in here to you in the right manner, in the proper manner, in the best manner that I could potentially be and may Allah accept all of our efforts. Ameen. So to start off, I think that we have all had a past or we are doing stuff right now that we wish were in the past that we just want to let go of. You know, I know so many people who have a very, very vicious past. I know people who have done things that they wish they never done. And it happens. It happens. And some of those things are things that you can't change. Some of those things are things you can change. Some of those things are things that you think, how am I ever going to stand in front of God with this? And let's let's just start off one by one with the first one being what did you do a lot of times when we begin doing a haram action it isn't just one stop it's an accumulation that leads to that thing another accumulation that leads to the next thing another accumulation that leads to the next thing and what happens eventually it's a lifestyle it becomes i wake up like this i do things like this i act like this is my personality i sleep like this i do whatever i do and some way shape or form something haram will be incorporated in it well why because it's your lifestyle now you don't know past it because the little little attributes the little little characteristics you know previously all accumulated to being this person and this person who likes to do things this way and sometimes we do not even see immediate consequences for our haram actions and we don't even realize it's wrong and that within itself is such a big thing because when your heart doesn't realize that it's wrong you keep doing it because as human beings it's only twin spectrum for us right and wrong right anything else in the middle we're just like "Mm, yeah maybe sometimes whatever right but there's always two two ends of the spectrum right or wrong and human beings we always like to be on either or we don't like to be in the middle and depending on the situation that makes sense but when we talk about your relationship with god your relationship with god is not always going to be perfect and it's not always going to be bad sometimes it's going to be just a 
growing, steady, spiritual relationship where you are working on that path. And that, in my opinion, is a lifetime journey. Are there days you're going to wake up and be like, oh my God, I feel so good. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Of course. Are you going to wake up some days and think, oh my God, I feel the worst person. I feel like I didn't do enough. Of course. But does that mean you take the extreme end of the spectrum and make that you? No. But of course, it also depends on other circumstances. If you're dealing with someone abusive, there's only two two ends of the spectrum. They're abusive or they're not abusive. You don't want to live with someone in between where it's kind of like, oh, they might hit me if they get the chance or they're doing subtle stuff. Like it's, it's very, very scary. So when the situation comes to other stuff, you know, the whole red flag, the whole circumstances are different because if someone's, you know, going to tell you they're going to abuse you and, you know, it's just a whole other spectrum of stuff or you're with someone or your own friends are extraordinarily toxic and they're far off the dean and they don't care about the dean and they humiliate you for being on the dean. Now you're in the middle, like, should I keep them? Should I not? Well, you're going to have to make that decision, right? Because the longer you stay in the middle with certain people, the longer it kind of puts you in the middle of your own life. And then you start to question, who am I? You know, I took this attribute from this person, this from this person, and I feel like I don't know me. So, of course, you know, in dangerous, harmful situations and in situations with people that you spend lots of time with, of course, everything is conditional and, you know, subject to every single person. So I'm not going to tell you what to do in every single circumstance because that would, you know, make this an episode that could go on for decades. But Allah knows best and every single situation is its own custom but of course as human beings when it comes to our past we either view it as right or wrong we don't ever sit there and we're like yeah sometimes it was bad sometimes it was good we're just we're always really direct about it we're like it was good or bad and then of course when you talk about this certain years oh yeah in 2010 it was it was a little bit bad it was a little bit good you know I had good moments and then sometimes you don't have any that you can remember so there's a scale now the question comes down to well what did you actually do where did it start and how did it start when did you become the person that you hate now when did you feel like you were losing your sense of self and your relationship with god when did this begin and this is something that you need to sit down and ask yourself and question yourself and you're not going to find the answer all in one night you might you might not but for some things you're going to have to think about your pattern think about the little little decisions that led you to that point And after you really, really think through them, you think through them, you think through them. So after you have really thought about it and you realize, okay, like this is what I did that was haram. And this is how this past, this, you know, circumstance of events build it up. This is how it got here, right? This is how I'm here today and I I hate it. So this is how I got here. Now that you know how you got here, I want you to ask yourself the next question. Question two, who played a role in getting you here and who played a role to get you out of here? answer that question and that's a deep one because you might just find out that your entire circle got you here and left you abandoned and you'll also find out that maybe you had that one friend that pulled you back every time that said no 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 this is not what islam tells you to do don't do that that's haram this is not righteous this is not pious let's go pray and you probably lost that friend and you probably cut them off you know in your days of just i'm gonna do whatever i want i'm gonna live my life and you know ignorance and just in this whole rapid pursuit of the world maybe you cut that person off and if you did maybe it's time to rethink about bringing that person into your life if the circumstances are good because sometimes we make really stupid mistakes and we hurt people that we wish we never hurt people and of course it leaves marks it leaves scars and it hurts people to extents that sometimes they question what did i do and you don't you don't want that you don't want that for someone who genuinely wished just good for you so who got you here And who left you abandoned? Ask yourself that. 
you might have friends that are really good friends. They're supportive, they're kind, but their moral compass doesn't line up with yours. And so they've thrown you on the other end of the spectrum and, you know, you're just someone who's completely different in regards to your morals and your deen and then your attributes. And now you're kind of like, I love these people, they're sweet, but they don't think like me. They don't act like me. They aren't even maybe from the same faith as me. So have I perhaps picked up friends that were probably not good for me? Well, if they skewed you to the other end of the spectrum where you completely have forgotten about religion, maybe yes. There's lots of people in this world that are really good for you, for you, you know, good for you, for you. But then there's some people that are good, but not good for you. Learn the difference. So please learn the difference, okay? There are some people that are good for you, to you, towards you. And then there's some people that are good, but not good for you. And when you start to fill up your entire circle with people that are good, but not good for you and towards you and for your moral beliefs and for your compass values and for your deen and for your ahira, what happens? You start to become like them. And if you're someone who hasn't ever found yourself or hasn't ever found your own morals and values and why you believe in what you believe in, you're going to go with whatever they say. Now, is it possible that you're going to meet friends that are good for you that might not keep the same faith as you, that are really good individuals, they're supportive, they're, you know, they want to learn, they're kind, whatnot, they're trying their best as well to support you? Yes, there are people in the world who might not have the 100%, you know, exact moral values as you and still support you towards your own and, you know, learn to differentiate your path and that's important and I feel like that is the type of friendship and those type of people you meet when you get a little bit older because both of you have made your mind that this is what I believe in this is how I am these are my beliefs the other person knows that this is my belief this is me this is how I am so both of you are firm on whatever you believe in and you know how to keep your paths grounded now does that mean you still can't get influenced yeah you can that's exactly why you need to be really really honest about your boundaries about you know what I will accept what I won't accept conversations that maybe you guys can have and can't have and of course just being careful as a whole because you do not ever want to dive so deep in that you forget about your own self which is why you need to take every single relationship in your life and correlate it to you why are you friends with this person is it just like a little school friendship you know won't do do you no harm you don't even talk to this person outside of school and you know that they respect your moral values and you know that you're firm on your faith and you see no negative influence you know you got to go through these things and ask yourself am i okay am i not what's this person like do i start to act like talk like and you know maybe i'm starting to curse a little bit being around this person what's going on ask yourself these things you're going to meet lots of people who are going to take you on really nice night highway drives in the dark and it's going to be smooth and you're going to enjoy it. And then they're going to leave you in a ditch. And your friends, your circles, is kind of the same. If you are friends with people who do not share the same moral values as you, the moral compass values as you, and they do not respect your values and you yourself don't even know why you believe in what you believe in, you're not firm on whatever you have going on, who's going to end up in the ditch? You. Because you have no clue, you have no sense of what am I, who am I, why am I believing what I'm believing in. You know, like your your values are just blank. Your b values are templates for other people. And sometimes as Muslims, that's our problem. We don't figure out why we believe in what we believe in. So our morals become empty templates for other people to fill up. And when other people fill up the templates, in ways that is completely different from Islam, we're sitting there, we're like, what is this? When did this come to my life? It comes in forms that you never imagined through your friends, through the way that you act, through the way that you talk, through the, way, through the things that you watch. It comes in and it fills up your template really quick and you never notice it.
So, of course, there's always two ends of the spectrum. Sometimes it's your friends that take you on the nice drive in the middle of the dark and leave you in a ditch. And then now you're sitting there for, you know, Lord knows how long trying to figure out how to end up here. And then sometimes it's you. You drive yourself down the ditch. You take yourself to the ditch. Because sometimes we're our own enemies. We manipulate ourselves. We gaslight ourselves. We tell ourselves we're not worthy. We accumulate those actions, those thoughts, those attributes in our brain. And where do we drive ourselves? down the ditch so a lot of times we sometimes are responsible for our own you know end-ups and of course then our life's trauma and the way that you know maybe your friends are or maybe the way that your circumstance played also sometimes drowns you in a ditch but the question comes down to when you drown and there's no one to save you how do you get back up now if you have tasted the sweetness of iman you know that god is there for you not just when things are bad but also when things are good and when you develop a good relationship with god on your off time and throughout you know your busy schedules of life it really benefits you not just in this world but also in the next now maybe you have grown up believing in the shahada believing that there's one god and worshiping and praying to allah but your heart and mind sometimes asks you who is allah and the answer to this question sometimes doesn't come from, you know, the beautiful blessings in life. And when you're living, you know, your dream life, sometimes the answer to this question comes when you're in hardship. Because when you're in hardship, you are desperate. You are broken. You are depressed. You're confused and you're lost. And when the entire world can't help you and every single part of you feels so broken, who do you get introduced to? God. Because you know that you need more. You know that you need more than this world, than a typical lifestyle, than, you know, getting intoxicated to block it out. You know you need more now because your heart tells you you need more. And that is where you start to wonder, well, who is Allah? You know, what What can I do to please him? What can I do to get better? What, what can I do to please him so he fixes me? And that is where you start your spiritual journey, where you get introduced to God, having a relationship with God and worshiping God and all of these things. It's things that we do throughout our lifetime. But having that really deep emotional connection with God usually comes through hardships. Not always, but usually for most people, we go through a lot of bad stuff. And that is where we kind of learn about God's mercy. So stop thinking that hardships are the worst thing in the world. Because sometimes God uses hardships as an introduction to himself. So you find him, so you learn about him, so you understand him, so you start to strive to please him. It is a journey, right? And that doesn't mean that God's here out here to hurt you. Because ultimately, if he brought you closer to him, brought you better for your ahira, how it's not a punishment how would that be a punishment how would that be a bad thing right now the next question is a hard one and it's not an easy one but it's one you have to ask yourself am i proud of myself sometimes we will say no the very common answer is no but you have to wave through what you've been through your experiences other people's experiences and the harm that other people have caused you and weave through those things and think who am i under those things and am i okay with that person what in those things are you proud of yourself for you know, your haram actions, your bad past, and we're, none of us are proud of that, and we don't support those things. But are you proud of yourself for the way that you decided to get up and try to, you know, build a relationship with God? Are you proud of yourself for the way that you decided to let go of those haram things? Because it takes strength, it takes a strong person, and of course the will of Allah is always in a, you know, a blessing in this, but it takes a very strong person to get up and decide that I love this thing, but it's haram. And I'm going to let it go for God. Because when you love something, it's not that easy to let it go. You can't. You just can't. You can't change my mind. You have an emotional attachment with it. You've imagined your life with it. You've prospected so many aspects of yourself with it. You actually at one point even associate yourself with it. 
whether it be a person or a situation. So getting up and saying, oh, well, this doesn't serve me anymore. This is haram. I'm wrapping it up. I'm going. It's not easy. But that's why God guides those that who will appreciate his guidance. I mentioned this before. Some people say, well, why doesn't God just guide everyone? Does everyone want guidance? That's the question. Why would I give you something that I know you don't want? I'm not going to give you, you know, a suitcase. If I know you're not going on, if you're not going on like a journey, you're not going to need it. I know you're not going to take it. If I have like a, a phone that I really, really like and I'm giving you the phone, but you don't need a phone because you have a hundred phones, you don't care for it. Why would I give it to you? I'd give it to someone that appreciates it. If I have a bag that I really, really love and I'm giving you the bag, but you don't care about the bag, you don't like it. Why would, why would I give it to you? You never asked me for it. You never seeked for it. And guidance is very much the same. You never seek for it. If you don't ask for it, if you don't have an open heart and mind to accept it, you know, it's it's unlikely. Now, of course, can God make miracles happen? And, you know, he guides who he wills. We can't speak on that. But so many people in this world don't actually care for guidance. They just want confirmation on what they already believe in. They want confirmation bias. So when they do go out on a spiritual journey, they purposely find perspectives that fit what they're already wearing. They find perspectives that fit the shoe that they're already wearing, that fit the religion they're already believing. So they can just be like, oh, yeah, 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 this is right. Instead of actually opening up their heart and mind, regardless of what ignorances the society may tell you about a religion, they don't open up their mind to it. They're just like, oh, those people are terrorists. Those people are like that. Those people are this. Those people are this. They don't care. Some people just literally say that they went on a spiritual journey just to reaffirm what they already believed in and not actually look anywhere else. When I went on my spiritual journey, I went everywhere. Like, to whatever extent I could have, I, I did. But I got so turned off from practically everything except Islam because I always found something. And I was like, why? Why is this? Or I have a set of questions that I just never got answered. Never except Islam. Now, when I found, you know, when I, it feels like I literally rediscovered Islam. When I learned about Islam again on my own, I found the questions and the answers that I needed. But in other religions, that just wasn't the case. I used to get an answer to my question and have a hundred other questions following it. And I just felt like none of those things made sense. I felt like sometimes the theology didn't make sense. The foundation didn't make sense. Sometimes I just felt like it was unjust to an extent. I don't even know. Like I just always found something and I just didn't find it to be fair. Especially if we're suffering in this world for so long. And then, you know, like I feel like there should be a proper justice done. And I think Islam is 100% just, which led me back here. But so many people, they don't do that. Lots, And I'm, I'm blessed that God has given me the opportunity. Of course, guidance is from God. We're no one in this, right? But lots of people, they just go out there. They're like, okay, I'm going to seek the truth. And then they don't, they don't do it. They just spin in the same circle, the same stuff. And then they're like, oh, I guess I'm back here again. I guess I'm still going to believe in my previous faith. My, my dad believed in it, so I'm going to do it. You know, my mom believes in this, so I'm going to do it. No, you have to find what works for you. You have to find what is right. And sometimes what's right is not easy to take in. I know lots of reverts that probably had a low-key identity crisis when they realized that Christianity was not right. When they were like, crap, like this whole thing of, you know, salvation and this, like it, it, it ain't right. But it takes a strong heart and a strong mind to realize that, okay, this is wrong. And I have realized it's wrong. And now I'm disassociating myself with this. I'm going to seek the truth. Now, the next thing is weeding it out, whether it was in the past and now you don't do those things anymore or whether you want to make whatever you're doing right now become a thing of the past and you have some haram actions, it's time to weed it out. You got to let it go. You got to figure out what am I keeping? What am I taking? What am I keeping? What am I taking? What are some good, you know, halal things that I do that I want to keep? What are some things that I want to get rid of? Because these attributes, these people or these, 
you know, relationships or whatever I'm doing is haram. And you got to pick through that. You got to, you know, wire through all of that. And you have to, because if, if you feel like you can just, you know, continue going on the way that you're going on, it's not going to work. Now that's where the person is currently doing, you know, a haram situation. They want to leave it in the past. Now, what if you've already left it in the past? What if you're done? You've wrapped it up. You've weeded it out. You've acknowledged what you're proud of. But how do I move on now? Well, this is, this is going to talk about that right now. Moving on from your past is realizing that you cannot change it. So many people in less than a day and a half, like, I accepted what happened. I've moved on. Have you? Have you really? Because it is so not easy to do so. And I always, you know, I always share the story on because it was like a really casual story, but it was something that really hit home for me. I bet all of y'all know, unless you're like a new listener, the reason my podcast really one of the episodes that really took off, Alhamdulillah, first of all, it's by the grace of God. You know, he makes things go off. But um, it was an episode where I talked about how I had to take a test like three times and I failed it every time. And I ballistically bawled my eyes out every time. And it was the most hardest thing for me because when I, the first time I took it, I was like, I can't move on. Like it's, I will literally collapse on the floor and die. Like I can't, if I fail this, like I can't, right? I failed it. And I got over it in like less than 24 hours. But that's what I thought. In the beginning, yeah, I was okay. I was a lot more okay than I thought it would be. But it caught up to me because, you know, months, months, months later, I was like, again, I got to study again. And it was like, I was really upset about it. And one of the times that it was really, really, you know, awkward for me was the third time that I took it where I did pass. I did get what I needed to get, but it wasn't immaculate. It wasn't stellar. I didn't know if that would be enough for where I wanted to go. I didn't know, like, it just was okay. And if I got that grade, the first time I took the test, I probably would have retaken it. But the difference here was that I took this test like two, three times and I was struggling. I was suffering. I was crying. I studied for maybe like two and a half, three years. I was in the worst sadness. Really, I was going through the worst sadness of my life. My family knew how much it ate me up. I used to wake up every single day and feel like I couldn't completely enjoy my day or live my day until I studied, until I practiced, until I did this. And... I wasn't seeing improvement and it was just a very hard time. And I remember one time in particular that I ballistically bawled my eyes out was the second time that I took the test, right? I didn't do good. I did worse than I did the first time. And I was like, how did this happen? I studied more, right? I signed up to take it in the summer, which was in like June, July. And I told myself like, okay, great. Like I'm going to study my butt off and I'll take it in the summer. I won't have school. It'll be great. Wake up. I think it was like June. Woke up that morning, bro. Let me tell you. So that day when it was time to take that test, when I tell you I was ready, I was ready. Like I did the most studying that I potentially could have. I was shoving it in my brain. I memorized formulas. I did it all. And alhamdulillah. And I packed my bags. You know, you needed your calculator, your erasers, pencils, everything, everything, everything. I did it, right? I even packed myself like a little caffeine thing. I was like, I'm going to use this to wake up. Like I, don't worry, sis. Got the alarm ringing at 740 in the morning. And I was like, mm, let's go eat this test up. Let's go eat it up. And it wasn't at my typical location. It was a little bit farther and it was like 45 minutes away. Now I wake up 7.40 in the morning, whatever, or maybe before that. I think you have to be at the, yeah, you have to be at the gate at 7.40. So I had to wake up at like six something. And I woke up and I look around and I don't see my mom. And I'm like, where's my mom? Where is my mom? Hello? No, no, no. This is, this is my day. This is my day. Like I, I crippling anxiety depression i'm gonna go take a really big test where's my mom like and usually i was just like where was she right wake up and i see a text message on my phone and my younger brother ended up in the hospital and i was like what is going on what is going on and then i started to get tense i'm like what happened to him you know at the time i think he was like what nine 
And I was like, what happened to him? And I started panicking. I called my mom and I was like, what's going on? Da, da, da. And she's like, oh, you know, we have to go to the hospital early in the morning. Essentially, whatever happened to my brother was something that I didn't see coming because um, Alhamdulillah wasn't that bad, but he did have to stay in the hospital for like, you know, majority of the day. And it was just weird because stuff like that has never happened to him before. Whatever. Um, so I wake up and now it's just, I gotta get out of the house. And I'm already feeling awkward because I'm like, okay, like, my mom was initially gonna take me there and now my dad was gonna take me. No problem with that. I'm grateful to get to go. But if you're this you know, the vibes are just different, okay? Like, the pressure, the pressure's a little bit different. And I'm getting myself mentally prepared. So already I'm, I got myself mentally prepared about the test and now I'm like, okay, now I gotta go down there and it's like 45 minutes away just shove everything in your brain and try to stay refreshed and try to stay awake we'll be fine so i get ready i go whatever and my dad is taking me there and i'm just sitting there and i'm like mm, you know already internally panicking <laughs> and i was just like okay 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 just stay calm like no problem da, da, da. drops me off and i'm one of the like the first few people there i think there's only like, two people there or three people there and the doors are shut and usually at my typical testing site that I went to, the doors were always open and like you walked in and then they asked you like COVID questions and everything. So it was just like straight going. I was like, okay, so maybe this is a different place. They're going to open up the school. We'll go in. No problem. No, it gets funny. It's funny now, but I, I was so upset when this happened. So my dad goes away and I'm just sitting on the bench, just sitting on the bench, sitting on the bench, sitting on the bench. And I'm just sitting on the bench. Like I was just sitting there, bro. And I was like, okay open up the door where are you and I start to see people pile in from my school other schools and I start to see all these people come in and I'm like okay so there's lots of people coming which clearly means like like we're all here for the test so they're gonna they're gonna have to give the test right um 8 10 comes around the test is supposed to start at 8 10 we're supposed to like enter in around like 7 40 get into your classrooms get your paper checked and then you start the test 8 10 no doors are open and at this point some people's parents were still there so like the parents got really concerned and they started like looking through the glass like why aren't they opening up the door <laughs> there was no light on nothing was on and they didn't look like there was anyone coming in like miles so nobody's popping up and it's 8 10 and i'm like what's going on and if it was to get canceled we were supposed to get an email. I didn't get any email. No one got an email. And it's just—it's like that's literally one of the big things. Like you will know if it gets canceled. And majority of the time when it gets canceled, you'll find it a couple hours before. Or you will at least, again, get an email. You put your email in the testing form for a reason. You get an email. Um, and I was like, I'm going to get an email. So at this point, I'm checking my, you know, my mailbox. I'm like, where's the email at? Like what's going on? And no mail. So I'm like, okay, so that essentially means that you know, like, it's not canceled, they're just running late, it's okay, and I'm expecting someone to just come out of the little car, be like, oh yeah, hey guys, sorry, let's start the test, like, no, they're gonna go, no, no, I eventually get so fed up, and I was like, okay, you know what, let's just go on the test site, so I go on the test site itself, and it starts to ask me questions, like, okay, you know, check your testing location, and it tells me to enter in, like, my code and everything, and I, I didn't even know my code and I'm digging in my bag for my ticket and I'm like, this is such a waste of my time. You know, someone's literally going to pop up in the corner, type in my location and it says, oh, your testing site's closed. And I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not closed. You're going to open. You're going to open because I study my butt off. You're going to open yourself. Open these doors or I will open them. Mm, you're going to open. No, it says your testing site is closed. Da, 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 da. You know, just make sure to keep checking up to see last minute updates. What last minute update? You're closed. There's nothing for me to check up on you now. You could have just. Mm. And, and so mind you, no one knew. So I just get up and I'm like, oh, the test is 
not here today it's the testing site's closed and it was really awkward because i knew no one there and anyone know me there and i was just like the first person who just started getting up and walking away and people were like oh my god it's closed and like people were getting hysterical and then there were some people that were just like oh hey yeah cool no problem let's go get some coffee and i was i on the other hand was mad silent i was just sitting there and i was I was just, you know, like everyone started going away with their parents or their cars. And I called my dad and I said, my dad, I'm like, come and get me. And he goes, what happened? And I'm like, oh, the test is canceled and it's not going to happen. The other place that was giving the test was nearly five hours away from me. There was no way I was going to get there. I wasn't registered there. And out of desperacy, I started looking everywhere. And I was like, is there any testing school near me? Like, I will do anything. I will bargain my life. Let me in. I studied. Please let me in. Like, I, girl, my gigabytes, like, I put it in my brain. It's using my brain gigabytes. You put the gigabytes in your brain, okay? And you just dump it out on the test. Like, it's, I find me a place. So I start looking at testing site locations and none of them. They're like five, six, eight hours away from me. There's no way I was going to get there. And there's no way I could go already with my brother in the hospital like everything was crazy already so um so fed up i call my dad my dad's just like "Mm," you know and then he has to come back all the way to get me you know 45 minutes hours away and then i sit there and by this time everyone has gone home right and i start crying my eyes out i was sitting on the same bench ballistically crying and it was no one was there so it wasn't a problem and my literally my eyes were swollen i was just crying and crying and crying and it wasn't even like oh you know like yeah it was the fact that i studied and i want to get over it but it was like now again i have to go on the prayer mat and ask god again that i want this and again i have to wake up in the morning and get myself mentally prepared again i have to go through the mental exhaustion of reminding myself that i am more than just a grade that i am more than just this again i have to remind myself and you know control my anxiety and control my stress and it wasn't that i hated making dua no dua is a gift and I feel like in that moment, I was just so tired of having this situation continue on in my life. Of course, now, alhamdulillah, you know, dua is a gift. You should never get tired of asking Allah. But I was just so tired of having to study, having to wake up, having to deal with this every single day. And the next test was, I think, maybe in August or September. So basically, my whole summer was going to go by studying again. And every single part of me just was done. And I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be going to college. Maybe I should, you know, become an entrepreneur. Pakistani okay okay my parents will send me anyway but you know I started having thoughts I was like maybe this is God's way of showing me that I should become an alima wrap the school crap up this ain't gonna do nothing for me my eye anyway I didn't know big and bad I call my best friend up and I tell her I'm like I'm so fed up and I was ballistically bawling my eyes and it gets more embarrassing because I had no clue someone was there it gets funny and I was just bawling my eyes I'll call my friend and I'm like I just swear like it seems like every single thing I think I texted her yeah, I texted her, I think. And I was just telling her, like, it seems like every single door is just shutting on my face when it comes in regards to this. And I need this to go on and da, 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 just everything, right? And she's like, okay, just don't worry about it, you know, just go enjoy your day. I'm like, I'm supposed to enjoy my day. This was supposed to be, like, a closure thing for me. And then my summer starts and then, you know, whatever. And I wasn't through then. I video, I literally video called my sister calling, okay, Br- crying. I video called my sister crying because it's my sister who cares and i was ballistically bawling my eyes out mind you she was still asleep she goes why are you crying and i'm like woman wake up my test got canceled our brother's in the hospital i am going through it i was still sitting on my bench going through it and she's just like oh that sucks 
you should check if they're going to reschedule it, da, 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 and we just started talking about that. And so since there were so many people that were going to take the test, I had 100% high hopes that they were going to reschedule it. Because if they cancel it, they have to reschedule it. It's the school's fault. And so I was like, okay, no problem. You know, keep the wakal. Maybe something's going to happen today, da, da, da. Dad takes me home. I come home. Ballistically call my mom crying. So I had to tell my family, okay? I had to be raw and vulnerable. Give me my moment. Give me my granny. Give me my... Let me breathe, Okay call her crying she's like don't worry like da, 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 whatever you know and i'm convinced i'm like they're, they're they're gonna retake this they're gonna make a retake day because if you don't make a retake day i will make a retake day at my house you are going to make a retake day okay and i like what was i supposed to do at this point i called the school because i was gonna go all out because when you really work this hard for years and years and years and years and years and you really jam-packed it and like you're I, 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 I was desperate. I called the school and no one picks up. Okay, okay, Saturday, okay, no problem. Sunday, obviously, no one's gonna pick up. It's, you know, school. Monday, first 8 a.m. in the morning, I think. I was, I was I bright and early. I call them, hey, you know, y'all was supposed to have a test there. What happened with it? So at first, the lady sounds really confused and she's like, what do you mean? Like, what test? And I'm like, homegirl, what's going on? And so I told her everything and she's like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, we're going to be making that up up within like the upcoming week. Like, you're going to get an email, you're going to find out. All right, no problem, never do. So at this point, lots of people, I guess, were calling and they were curious. And I also was curious I, okay this is my little care moment whatever but i asked them again and at this point like we're not doing it da, da, da. And, like i guess they're getting so many calls from people that they got really fed up but at the same time i feel like whatever okay first of all you need to be why did you cancel in the first place that's a big thing that everyone was worked out about because lots of people planned like their tutors and stuff around that time of year and like ending there and whatnot and then like it's not like there was a weather problem it's not like there was there was no issue and at this point like first of all I feel like there should have been something set out you know like on a website or something like hey this is we can't we're not doing it instead of having people wait and checking or whatever long, I don't want to say anything bad but yeah it didn't go through it never they never did it and I was like okay so I'm gonna have to take it the next time like August September and that was really hard for me. And, you know, accepting that was very, very hard. And I know that may sound petty, but it was hard for me because, you know, when you make up your mentality in your mind that, okay, I'm going to be done with this thing. Like, today's the day and I'm, I'm through. That's it. I'm free. And then now you have to live with that thing again. You're kind of like, ugh. And it's like, it's like you don't want to be ungrateful because, you know, like, people don't have the ability to get educated. And if you do, it's a blessing. So I always try to be grateful about that. But it was also one of those things that really put me in a, you know, a hard time. So when it was over with Alhamdulillah, and I did get the grade that I got, it wasn't stellar, it wasn't amazing, but it was kind of like, okay, like I'll sky by. When I got that grade, I busted out crying in my car. <laughs> Can y'all tell I cry a lot? I started crying. I cried and I cried and I cried and like my head was heavy and I was like, am I crying because I'm happy or am I crying because after three years and working so hard, I got a grade that someone could literally get whether I should. Like, am I crying because it feels like this is just endless for me? Am I crying because I'm happy? Am I crying because now maybe I have a chance to go where I want to go? Or am I crying because I'm just disappointed? Am I crying because I'm okay with this, but I don't know how to tell my mom? And that was one thing that I was really nervous about because my family, you know, in the beginning, I feel like this was really one of those turning factors that 
changed a lot of stuff academically in my house where the whole comparison thing really stopped and I told my parents and I was like you don't need to be comparing me to other kids I am enough every single day to wake up and pressurize myself literally like that was the case and when I got my grade a part of me felt extraordinarily disappointed because I was okay with it but I felt like my mom was gonna be like oh really like that's what you got like this three years third time like this is it like and I felt ashamed to tell anyone And the first person I told was my best friend. And I texted her and she was like, it's not that big of a deal. Just keep it. Don't retake it. Like, who cares, right? My best friend, she's really, really doesn't care. Like, she's just super chill about everything. And uh, and then I got the courage and I was like, so what am I going to do? Our thing in the house that we always talk about was like, when I pass this, like, we're literally like going to, you know celebrate about this because like it's a great thing and a part of me was like is this even worth celebrating is this even worth me being like congratulations take a day off like is this type of thing or am I or should I be ashamed and I didn't know what to say and a part of me was like okay maybe I should go home and tell my mom and then another part of me was like this isn't that type of news that you just save it to say you know to like surprise because what's the surprise that you didn't do that great I was really putting myself down that moment and I wasn't accepting what happened I just kept staring at the score I was like this can't be it (laughs) fix it no but it was and then I gave in and I texted my mom that time, like literally 10 minutes later. And I was like, hey, this is what I got. My mom was like, hey, it's fine. You know, as long as you're out of that loop, because I know how hard you've been studying. And I felt so, so grateful in that moment. Alhamdulillah for my mom. May Allah grant us all, you know, someone like that. I mean, but in that moment, I feel like especially when your mom is like Pakistani and you know how other kids are striving for this and that. And like, I felt really, really happy in that moment because it was like, it wasn't just about academic relationship in that moment. It became about emotional and understanding how much one person has done. And at that moment, I realized that I don't owe myself any guilt because I did whatever I could. I was working whatever I could have. And at that point, it's like, you know, it's Qadr, whatever happens, happens. So I walked into school that day and I didn't tell a soul. I told one of my teachers that I prepped with, but that's it. Like, I did not really say much to anyone about it. Okay, sorry, ignore that alarm. Anyway. But I told like a handful of people, not like nothing like, oh my God, hey y'all, no, I just, I was really silent about it. When I got home, I was really silent about it. And I told, you know, my family, I was still silent about it. Even then they came okay with it. I wasn't okay with it. I felt like, oh, maybe I should feel bad. And a part of me like, you shouldn't feel bad. Like I was so stuck on accepting it or not accepting. And I'm going to be honest, as petty as it sounds, it took me, I think, it took me a hot minute to come into terms with it and be like, it's fine it's okay. It it happens, you know, shortcomings happen. It's okay. And once I did, I was a lot better with it. So accepting and, you know, thinking about things and being like, okay, I'm cool with it. It's not an overnight process. I woke up the very next day thinking about like, wow, like three years and this is what I got. And I shifted my mindset because I could have sat there and been negative and being grateful and been like, oh crap, I didn't get something good. When in reality, Allah could have just made me fail again. And I could have been on that pedestal again. But instead, he got me to where I needed to go. And, you know, everything worked out great. But it took me a moment to switch my perspective that way. And after that day, I feel like it has helped me quite a lot. Because when I am presented in situations like that, I feel like automatically I tell myself that it could have been worse. It really could have. People don't like to hear that. But it really could have been worse. It could have. And now this is a thing of my past. I don't care about it no more. I talk about it. I laugh about it. It's funny now. But in the moment, it wasn't funny. Now, if you're going through a haram past and you have or just a rough past, how much of your past was your fault? 
quite frankly, not a lot. There's so many things that we can control and so many things that we can't. Why should you constantly judge yourself, humiliate yourself, and guilt yourself for things that you never had a say in? So many people got hurt by other people. So many relationships broke off by other people. Other people did something to you. Why are you judging, hating, criticizing yourself for what other people did since when was other people's actions a reflection of you? Stop viewing what other people have to say, what other people do as a reflection of you. This has nothing to do with you. You are your own separate individual. You as an individual, as your own, one, okay? You are alone, solid, one. Other people are their own other people. They're their own solid, one, individual, da-da-da, whatever. Born alone, die alone, that's their one. Stop comparing yourself and associating yourself with other people's thoughts, with other people's preferences, with other people's negativity. Stop comparing yourself with people who are not you, who have not been on the same journey as you, who have not seen the same things as you, who are not in the same conditions as you. Maybe they're more privileged than you or maybe less. They are not like you. So stop comparing yourself to people who have absolutely no experience like you. Throughout a lot of my life, I compared myself to lots of different people. And now that I'm older and look at the people that I compared myself with, I had no business comparing myself to those people because there was nothing in that person and in me that was similar. The story wasn't the same. The plot line wasn't the same. The idea wasn't the same. There was no reason for me, to, for me and you to be comparing each other. Stop comparing yourself with people and stop comparing yourself to your past. You were who you were. It, it's done. It's closed. You cannot go back and change it. And every single day that you decide that you want to gain anxiety and panic and depression about what you did two years ago, yeah, you could not change is only you stealing what you have in the present you're not going to know about the future you're never going to be able to fix the past so you might as well enjoy what you have now because what's going to happen is in the future you're going to look back at today and you're going to think I wish, you know, when I was just 18, I lived my life more than I thought about what happened before. And when you're 24, you're going to sit there and think, oh my God, I just wish I was a lot more free with myself. I wish I was just a lot more closer to the dean. I wasn't so always filled with anxiety and panic. And I just wish I was a lot more easy on myself when I was 17. I wish I was a lot more kinder to myself when I was 18. I wish I was a lot more gracious to myself when I was 19. I wish I was a lot more understanding to myself when I was 20. I wish I was a lot more patient with who I was becoming when I was 21. I wish I learned to be okay with not knowing what I want to do when I was 22. I wish I learned to forgive myself for the mistakes that I made at 23. And every single year is going to be something. So you have got to learn to be okay with who you are as you are right now. There's lots of goals and lots of things you want in life and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with prospecting and having images and having dreams and having goals. There's nothing wrong with that. But if your goals and your mindset and the things that you want to get are completely eating out your present and you're living every single day thinking my future is going to be happier, your future is not going to be happier. Your future is never going to be happier if you are not going to be able to learn how to appreciate, be happy, and be grateful in what you have right now. Because in the future, when you do have what you want, you're not going to know how to appreciate it. You won't know how to love it. And you won't know how to show gratitude towards God for it because you never practiced it earlier. I saw this video where this girl was saying, I'm going to be happy when once I get into med school. The next girl was saying, I'm going to be happy once I get into residency. The next person was saying, I'm going to be happy once I finish residency. The next person was saying, I'm going to be happy once I pay off all my student loans. It is a cycle. You're never going to be happy in 
you know, your career, your job, your life or whatever until you realize to appreciate where you stand at right now. Every single stage of your life has a very, very, very beautiful, maybe not beautiful on the surface, but a meaning towards it. And you have to learn to acknowledge and appreciate that meaning. Every single season of your life can be useless, wasteful and completely dull if you wish it to be. And every single season of your life can be impactful, beautiful and inspirational if you wish it to be. You have got to start figuring out which route you want to pick. Stop comparing yourself to how other people are. Stop comparing yourself to what other people are doing. Stop comparing yourself to other people's paces. Follow what the deen says. Follow what your, um, you know, your inclinations towards good halal things are saying. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Those people don't know you. Those people have not lived your life. Those people don't live the same expectations as you. Stop comparing yourself to people who know nothing about you. Stop listening to people who give you advice who mean nothing good for you. Stop giving people importance when they don't give you any back. Stop giving your past so much more importance when it's not helping you today in the present. Your present requires a present you and if your present you is too busy in the past you're not going to be able to live completely because your present you is requiring a present active you not an absent you always talk about absent parents and this is a discussion where we talk about you know an absent father absent mother or someone who is there but they're mentally absent and we talk about how we are absent in other roles but what we are not pinpointing is the fact that you are absent towards yourself and when you are so absent towards yourself focusing on your past focusing on what not your present is requiring you to be here and to be present and to be focused and to be looking at what you got right now not focusing on what past not focusing on what's going to come and what you want your present requires you to be present write that down i'm gonna pause this write it down your present requires you to be present be there, live it, go through it. Of course, your ahira is a whole planning for the rest of your life. That is something that you're going to do from a young age till you're old. That's a different thing. In this life, I'm saying your future is something that you don't even know you're going to reach. You're panicking that I might not pass, that I'm going to do this, that I'm going to fail, that I won't be able to do this. Stop worrying. Who said you're even going to get to that point? And your past is only as alive as you want it to be alive. You can wake up every day and be like, okay, I went through that crap. It is what it is, whatever, let's move on. Or you can wake up every single day and go back on a memory lane and view those things every single day in HD like a movie for the rest of your life. And for the rest of your life, you're going to do nothing except live in your past, live in your memories, live in your overthoughts, and none of those things will benefit you. Because if those things are impacting you negatively, it's not going to help you. Because when you're not present in your present, you're going to be too busy thinking about the negative things that happened before, which is going to make you have a negative impact on life and a negative impact on whatever's going to come in the future. You are not ready to receive a lot of the blessings that you want to have because you're so busy on caught up on what you didn't get and you're so busy and caught up on how things fell short. Stop leaving good things to find better things to end up with worse things focus on the good that you have right now focus on the things that you have right now maybe you want a better future for you and your family 100 okay nothing wrong with setting goals but focus on the good that you have right now and every single day that you decide to wake up and focus on that single good that good will grow the same way when you project a problem and you put it in the center of your world this problem owns you this problem circulates this problem is your everyday it's your thoughts it's your night it's your sleep it what keeps you up it is your everything and the same way when you put something you're grateful for something that is good something that is positive something about the deen something about that you're grateful for in this dunya you put that in the middle of your world your world will spin around it your world your brain your heart your mind this is your world you get to control what you're thinking what you're perceiving how you're going about it and what you want to feed and what you don't want to feed into god free will those are of course 
a separate discussion but with your free will you have the decision on what you choose to put your energy towards and if you want to put your energy towards a negative past where you made mistakes some of them maybe being yours some of them maybe not even being your fault and you want to you know judge yourself for that every single day and live your entire life like that until you're 47 and you realize that it was not worth an accounting to nothing and then realize that you're 50 now and be like okay let me live my life you want to do that do that but if you want to wake up and realize that you cannot change what happened and nor are you ever going to be able to change it now or before or ever and it's not your fault because you went through whatever you did maybe you did make mistakes maybe some of it was your fault but if you acknowledge it and you made toba for it you ask god for forgiveness for it and god has guided you to the right back the right path and walk on it when god guides you to the right path walk on it stop turning around stop running away stop getting scared when god is with you you have nothing to fear so stop letting your past tell you that you are not going to be able to be successful in your present your past has nothing to do with your present your past is dead it's gone make a funeral for it it's dead now there's nothing wrong with reflecting on your past on a healthy manner looking at wow i was caught in sin and the lord and you know allah saved me now here i am today worshiping him making toba Okay, that's fine. That keeps me in a humble state. That keeps me in a sincere state. But if you wake up first thing in the morning and you think, oh, I'm such a failure. You know, I remember I failed at this and I failed at this and I lost this person. I did this and then you're spending your whole day thinking about it. You're not living. You're literally an album. You're not living. You're just an alive album who's looking back every single day, reflecting, depressing over what you could have had, what you did have or what you lost. Let it go. Let it go. Again, sincere, good, positive reflection on how your life changed is fine. It's okay to think, wow, God saved me out of so many things, you know. I remember when I was doing this and I got out of it. It's okay. And it's okay to sometimes feel guilty that I messed up so much and I wish I never did those things. It's fine. But if this becomes your entire life, your past has the biggest handcuffs and the biggest chokehold on you and you are also choosing not to fight it go you're you're choosing not to fight it you're choosing not to let it go because every single day that you wake up you have that chance to say okay i'm i'm out of here i'm done thinking about it and if you feel like you're constantly overthinking you have got to find something to devote your energy towards when i was at my worst overthinking phase and all this going on that was when i made my podcast that is when i made these things am i saying that it's always going to be easy and you know be a high functioning productive person no because you're gonna have anxiety you can have depression lots of days and you need to take those things into account but you need to realize that your past has a chokehold on you and sometimes you allow it to have a chokehold on you but anyway now that we went off on that vent i hope that this episode benefited y'all in some way shape or form if it did please let me know in the feedback of course you know maybe i could make like a part two to this episode this might be fun but I hope that you guys found this episode beneficial. I hope that it helped at least one person, which will make me super happy, inshallah. Um, remember, your past is only as alive as you let it be every single day. Please feel free to, you know, send any feedback, any whatnot. I highly appreciate it. Assalamu alaikum.